0: How about them Cowboys? You best believe I have some thoughts on their game against the Rams. And was it a successful season for the Dallas Cowboys? Plus, the Patriots beat the Chargers. Was that more about the Patriots' greatness or the Chargers' ineptness? Plus, the Saints beat the Eagles and the Chiefs beat the Colts. And I have two huge lessons the NFL should have learned from divisional weekend. It's a packed podcast that starts now. Come on in. It's a Monday. We have a ton to get to from what was an absolutely packed, absolutely jammed out divisional weekend. Before I get started, I do want to quickly say what I've been doing now is if you look in the description of these episodes, you can see timestamps. So if you want to skip ahead to something, you can now do so. You're welcome. (laughs) All right. On that note, let's jump into the first things first here with two and a half minutes on the clock. Dallas Cowboys, they lose to the LA Rams. And like my major takeaway is like, First and foremost, the one damn time I decided to pick the Cowboys, the one time I had the audacity to decide to go with Dallas in a big time spot, y'all do this, huh? Y'all do that? And if that is not the most Dallas Cowboys thing to do ever, then I don't know what is. Because you got destroyed. From beginning to end, the Dallas Cowboys got destroyed. Don't let the final score fool you. They got destroyed and i don't know what else i should have expected because we've now been through seven different presidential terms since y'all last won a road playoff game 26 damn years ago and this is the most cowboys thing ever all the talk all the build up and hype and all the build up and in confidence including for me there was a reason i picked them and then even in that game, it was the most Cowboys thing ever. They get out to a good start, take a 7-3 to three lead, and then, well, their offense went into hibernation for 30 minutes. Literally 30 minutes. 30 minutes of game time without scoring. Are you kidding me? And that goes on the coaching staff, and it goes on Dak and Zeke. Dak and Zeke, neither of them were good enough in this game. Period. End of story. Dak was average at best. Zeke was not good enough. And so was a typical Cowboys game. And if I even sound a little bit lack of riled up, it's just because, like, I this is what I expect to know. I, I Like, I, I'm never surprised anymore by the Cowboys' lack of gonads when it comes to big spots. Because they roll over like a baby seal time and time again in these spots. And for the Rams, they deserve credit. They do. Played a good game. Thought they looked good overall. And their game plan was quite simple. We're going to run it down your throats and you ain't going to be able to stop us. And guess what? The Cowboys were like, nope, you're right. You're not going to be able to stop us. We're going to look make C.J. Anderson look like 2014 C.J. Anderson. Like, if, if you're a Cowboys fan and you're not immensely disappointed in that, then I don't know when you will be. But who knows? Cowboys fans continuously surprise me. On that note, let's put two minutes on the clock for this and ask the question we ask every year with the Dallas Cowboys. Was this a successful season for them? <laughs> See... Cowboys fans are like New Year's resolutions and just the Cowboys in general. Every single year they say, oh, we're going to start eating healthier. Or if they're already eating healthier, you know, oh, we're going to get a six pack this year. Then they look up at the end of the damn year and they still have a one pack, huh? Yeah, that's what the Cowboys do every single year. Oh, this was a good year. It was a good building year. Next year's our year. Next year's our year. How many damn times are you going to say the same thing every single year around this same exact time? Because the last time y'all won a playoff game, the price of gas was literally a dollar fifteen. Looked it up. Literally a dollar fifteen. And TLC, who half of my audience might not even know who the hell that is, was the most popular music music group. And all I know is your damn team needs some tender love and care. But what are they gonna do yet again? No damn changes. None. Nope. Dre Jones coming out yesterday and, or this morning. One of the two. Forget when I saw it. All players together saying that there's going to be no major coaching changes. <laughs> yeah. No, this was not a successful season. And what Cowboys fans are going to say is well, Nick, we were three and five. Everyone counted us out. Then we bounced back. We made it to the playoffs. We even crazy won a playoff game. <laughs> and it's like that is a summary of not only the fans' mindset, which is a problem in itself, but more importantly, management's mindset. How many times are you going to come back with the same coaching staff, the same roster, make limited to none changes? It's ludicrous. It is the exact definition of crazy, doing the same exact thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Guess what, Cowboys fans? You keep banging your head against this while you're going to get a concussion. Got news for you. So just another Dallas Cowboys year. It's almost getting a little bit boring at this point. All right, let's switch teams. Let's go to the Patriots and Chargers game. with two and a half minutes on the clock. Listen, this game, quite simply, was about the Patriots' greatness. That's what it was. It was a reminder from the New England Patriots. It took them literally less than two quarters, folks, to completely destroy and dismantle the team that many people, and for good reason, because they were a good, well-rounded team, thought could beat the Patriots. Less than two quarters. It was over. It was done. And it's a reminder of multiple things. It's a reminder of, A, you give the Patriots two weeks to prepare with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. They're nearly impossible to beat. You play them at home in the playoffs. They're nearly impossible to beat. And when you add that on top of the mental advantage they have over their opponents, it's ludicrous. Their mental advantage shows up time and time again. Once they go up on a team, the other team just implodes. The Chargers literally hit the self-destruct button after they went down 21-7 in that game. Just self-destructed. Completely and utterly. And a large part of that has to do with Tom Brady. I mean, my goodness. Is he still under the decline and do I still stand by that? Yes, he's shown mild signs of decline this year. But in that game, he was damn good. Oh boy, was he good. And listen to this stat because if you truly listen to this stat it's insane. Brady has reached the AFC Championship game in 13 of his 17 seasons. That breaks down to a percentage of 76 and a half. Tom Brady reaches the AFC Championship game at a higher percentage rate than any quarterback has ever thrown the ball in terms of a completion percentage in a season. When you actually think about how ludicrous that stat is, your mind will be blown. They're clearly still great. It's a reminder that even on a down year with, quite frankly, very limited talent on this roster, Brady and Belichick can carry them further than they should go, and they destroyed the Chargers. And from the Chargers side of things, two things. One, your defense showed a complete and innate ability to, I mean, by the time he adapted, it was the third quarter, so congratulations. And two, and probably more importantly, your quarterback. Philip Rivers continues to show no sign of any composure in any big spot. And quite frankly, it's the reason he should be left out of the Hall of Fame right now if his career ended today. All right. Two minutes on the clock for another game that happened this weekend. It's the Chiefs and the Colts. And listen, first and foremost. Uh huh. Those Chiefs look like some bad boys, didn't they? They look good. Uh, they looked real good. And as somebody who doubted them, yes, I'll raise my hand. Yes, I'll admit it, Kansas City Chiefs, because the Chiefs fans have been the Eagles fans of last year this year for me, where I doubted them and they were absolutely on my rear end in my YouTube comment sections over the weekend. Listen, I'll give you credit where it's deserved, and I'll admit where I'm wrong when I'm wrong. I have no problem doing it. You looked good. Oh, not only did you look good, I mean, the Chiefs made it look Easy. they looked borderline bored at times during that game. They looked borderline bored at times during this game. Let's realize that KC didn't score a single point in the second half until there was two minutes and 23 seconds left in that game. It was almost like they were like, okay, we got up. Colts could not, my goodness, stick a square peg in a square hole on the offensive end. They looked lost. They looked dismantled. And then when they came, time to put the nail in the coffin, they did. And my... Big takeaway from this has to do with Patrick Mahomes, folks. This kid's different. Listen, Chiefs fans got mad at me because I said he should be the runner-up for MVP. Apparently, that's now an insult. But what I was watching for in this game was one major thing. Because he's, let's be honest, he's not technically a rookie. He's essentially a rookie, 23 years old. The Chiefs hadn't won a playoff game since 1993 when Joe Montana did it. Pressure on him. I was looking for how many bad throws did he make? How many, not just like, okay, a little bit, you know, off target. I was looking for how many just bad decision, bad execution throws did he make? I counted two. Two in the entire game. That's incredible. For the playoffs, for the defense he was going up against, for the situation that he was in. He deserves all the credit in the world. The Chiefs deserve all the credit in the world. And quickly from the Colts' perspective, it's like, y'all looked lost. You looked unprepared. How many damn penalties were you going to have in this game? Andrew Luck didn't perform at all. Your defense didn't perform good. At, well, they actually—they were okay. I mean, I thought the defense was okay. I thought it was the least of their problems. I thought their complete and utter lack of any movement. Need some pesto bismal on the offensive side. I mean, it was so damn bad. And uh, just last point on this, the Chiefs going forward. Patriots fans, you got your hands full. All right, let's get to this. With two minutes on the clock... My two big, and I mean these are big takeaways that the rest of the NFL should be taking away after this weekend. Number one, and this is a big one. Home field slash bye weeks matter. They do. With no one advancing from wild-card weekend this year again, right? None of the wild-card weekend teams made it past the divisional round. This will now mark another season without a wild-card team making it to the Super Bowl. Something that has not been done since the 2012 Ravens now. And to me, that's two things. One, no doubt about it. Without a doubt, home field advantage matters in the playoffs. It does. No doubt about it. I think that's huge. And I also think, you know, people who get the bye week, teams who get the bye week usually get them for good reason. The teams that are really good, you know, every single year we tend to get hot on a wild card team heading into divisional weekend. This year it seemed to be the Colts that people are on. And then after a bye week, the team that got the bye week reminds us how good they actually are. So that's my number one takeaway. Number two is this, and this is a big one running backs don't matter. Running backs do not matter in terms of this. It is moronically dumb at this point to draft a running back high in the NFL. Let's go through the teams. The Chiefs, Damian Williams, had 129 yards in touchdown this year. The dude went undrafted, had a career high of 181 yards in a season before this year. This season had exactly one yard entering December. And now has been statistically better than Kareem Hunt. Let's go to the Rams. People might say, well, Nick Todd Gurley, he's a high draft pick. Um, he is. He's also not the Rams' best runner right now. Statistically, or using the eyeball test, that's CJ Anderson, who was cut by two teams, the Raiders and the Panthers this year, and now has been awesome for them and for the Saints. They didn't draft Alvin Kamara until the third round. They didn't expend a first or second round pick on a running back. It showed that this is about system. It's about offensive line. It's about the team. It's not about the damn running back. So NFL teams, (coughs) Giants, stop spending top draft picks on flashy running backs. When you could literally go pick up somebody off the streets, which essentially the Chiefs and Rams did, and have them have success. The defense matters way more. The offense and defensive line matter way more. Linebacker cores go down the list. But sure, keep on spending, you know, high draft picks on running backs. Like, holy hell. Out of the top 10 running backs this season, statistically, one is left in the playoffs. So, might be time to realize that. That is the podcast. I'll have some announcements tomorrow or Wednesday. I'll also have another Sports Knicks show and podcast tomorrow with plenty more to go over from this past weekend, including Eagles quarterback drama. We have some NBA stuff going on. We can start previewing those matchups next weekend. So I will catch you tomorrow.